Just a reminder before I forget, uh, for you guys watching online, you can find me on uh, Facebook at uh, Michael Ryan Country or YouTube at Michael Ryan Country. And I've got some uh, CDs in the back as well for after the service. And uh, this next song is really special to my heart. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, growing up in Texas, you know, it's not uncommon for there to be pastures everywhere and cow pastures. And, and uh, you know, I got to thinking one day, I was like, man, you know, just getting off just by one degree in your walk with God, uh, maybe if you mishear them or, or, you know, if you think he told you something and you go a different direction, you can get way, way off in left field. And, and, uh, and I wrote a song about that. I was like, man, I, I don't want to be in my own pasture because in my own pasture, I don't have what I need. So I want to be in God's pasture. So I wrote a song about that, and it goes like this. Walking straight and narrow road seems to move so slow, yet I walk with you. Gives me time to grow Your yoke is easy Your burden is light I'll follow you Out to your pasture In your pasture Is where I want to be Because your love's Exactly what I need Father, Father me tight, help me do what's right, help me do what's right, if we died with him, we also live with him, if we endure, we also reign with him, you are the way. Truth and the life I've never been at such peace Out in your pasture In your pasture Is where I want to be Because your love's Exactly what I need Father, Father Hold me tight Help me do what's right Help me do what's right You've already paid the price You came so I may have life You have set me free I'm free indeed In your pasture It's where I want to be Because your love's Exactly what I need Father, Father Hold me tight 
Help me do what's right. I want to live in your pasture. Help me do what's right. Build my home in your pasture. Help me do what's right. Out in your pasture. sing one more song before pastor comes up and, uh, are we at the 30 minute mark are we close right on time huh? so this last song I'm going to sing you guys is uh, called why me lord and I think there's two why me lords in life you know why me lord am I going through this and why me lord did you choose me and uh, like I said last uh, Friday night, it's tough out there, and life's not always easy, and it's not always right. But like I said, you have to get back in the saddle, because you ain't riding alone. Because there's a man, and he's coming on a white horse with a flame of fire in his eyes. So I don't know about you, but I want to ride with that guy. So it's called Why Me Lord. Why me Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you? Oh, the kindness you've shown. Lord, help me, Jesus. I've wasted it, so help me, Jesus. I know what I am. And now that I know that I've needed you, so help me, Jesus. My soul's in If you think there's a way I can try to repay all I've taken from you, maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself on my way back to
appreciate y'all having me out this morning. Amen. Those of you watching online, we're live from the Grand Ole Opry this morning, but no, no, this is Merle Fest. No, this is Moravian Falls. We're honored to have you with us, Michael. Thank you for coming. He's a precious young man, and we've adopted him. He's one of our sons, so you got to come back and hang around with us, okay? And thank you. Well, bless the Lord, and uh, we just, you know, we like a variety my dad would have been really proud this morning. He would have thought, wow, David, you've graduated now. You've... I could hear him. And, uh... But anyway, we're, we're blessed. I'm a country music fan now after Michael seeing uh, spirit-filled, born-again, on-fire country singers. That would be uh, what a blessing. And uh, so we're grateful. And uh, we're grateful for you guys being to here today and those that are watching online. Our hearts go out uh, this week. You know, you heard about the officers that were slain in Boone. And uh, they had the processional, actually police cars from many law enforcement agencies uh, all around the area, you know, helped usher the body from Winston-Salem to Boone. And we actually stood on the side of the road. How many else did that? along 421 just to honor you know it was an amazing sight and uh, we just pray for the families and uh, we just pray for our law enforcement you know to seek to enforce the law in an age of lawlessness is uh, very dangerous and um, we want to pray that God will keep them and protect them and um, you know thinking about the times in which we're living it's to me, it looks like Satan has been released, and there's deception, you know, in all the nations of the earth. And, and I know that that particular scripture, there'll be many different interpretations. But if there's a greater deception coming on the planet than there is happening right now, my prayer would be, beam me up, Lord. I don't want anything to do with it, you know, because every nation on the earth is struggling. And they're great deceptions. And I personally believe, you know, there's a lot more to come if I read the word correctly. But one thing I understand, even in an age of lawlessness, God is going to have a people that they're going to be his ambassadors. They're going to be those walking in truth. They're going to be those that are going to be as bold as a lion. And they're going to be in the right place at the right time. And I believe that's who we are. We're soldiers. Say, I'm a soldier. And we're sons. And uh, we've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. You know, we don't need everything to be smooth sailing. We have the one that's driving the ship living within us. And there's a peace that we're going to have the world's not going to know. And that's, we're going to be right on time. How many of you know that? Right on time. I want to pray and then I want to get into some things. Lord, I thank you. For uh, Michael, Lord, we thank you for this morning, just uh, this surprise, bringing him our way. And, and Lord, we just, um, we honor you. Lord, we do pray for the families that lost loved ones this past week in Boone. And uh, Lord, those, Lord, the, the tragic things that happen, we just pray, Lord, you're the one that can use even what is evil. You can turn it around and use it for good. And we pray in some way that would happen. But we pray also for our police, our sheriff, Lord, every law enforcement agency in this region. We pray 
for your mercy, your keeping, your protection, your blessing. We thank you for them, Lord. We honor them, Lord, in their role and their, in our community. And we thank you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We had as much happened last week, you know, with the women's conference, and I'm so grateful. A lot of lives were touched, and uh, we heard many, many testimonies. And you know, if you come seeking the Lord, you know it's going to. You know what you're going to find. You know, Jesus said, "Ask and it'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open." For if you ask, you know, for a, for a, you know, it's, for what is it? A fish? You're not going to get a serpent. You know, bread, you're not going to get a stone. And uh, the Lord is faithful to meet his people. And, uh, but I wanted to do something before I get into the word. We, we have to honor God's word. Friday night was an amazing, you know, the Holy Zip Spirit zapped, zipped, you know, Michael. We, we got stopped in the middle. And anyway, uh, we just surely said, you know, somebody has a testimony and and uh, so Dr. Kyle came up and shared about the Word and the honor of the Word. And I thought it was a right on time, timely message. You know, there was a time, remember when Josiah, the Word of God was hidden. And they found it. They found a copy of the laws of God and they began to read it. Josiah got so excited he ripped his clothes and was used to restore the temple and to uh, restore worship called the people back to God. There was a time when you remember they would read the scriptures and people would stand in honor of God's word. And um, we want to honor the word of God. Now, this, the only thing that I felt that we needed to correct, you know, one thing that I needed, it was they, there was someone that quoted from the Mirror Bible. And since it was quoted from the scripture, I have a responsibility. I didn't want anybody to go buy the mirror Bible. Because you know what I did? I did like the Bereans. What are you supposed to do? The Bereans, you're supposed to go home and you're to search and see if what they said was true. And what I found about the, the mirror Bible is, uh, you know, you don't want anything to do with it. And I'll explain that real quickly. Then I can get in the word. Is that okay if we do that? Let me, let me show you something, because there's been an assault against the Word of God today in America. People don't even care what God has to say. I remember the commercial, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. And today, when God speaks, there are very few that are listening. And, uh, but we have to keep speaking. But anyway, let me show you this. Second Peter in chapter 1 and verse 20. And you remember this. It says, knowing this first, then no prophecy of scriptures of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And then that next chapter speaks about how there'll be false prophets and false teachings and what will happen is the way of truth will be blasphemed. Now, there are many different, you know, um, paraphrases, different versions. And we're not picking or choosing one or the other. It's not so much the version that you read from. There are many different versions. But it's when the way of truth is blasphemed. When the way of truth is in some way distorted. This is what the Amplified says out of that scripture. It says... Yet, 
First, you must understand that this prophecy of Scripture is a matter of any personal or private or special interpretation. Or in other words, you can't loosen the truth that is being presented. There may be many different ways to present the truth, right? But the truth is the truth. You understand? Does that make sense? For no prophecy ever originated because some man willed it to be so. It never came by human impulse, but as men spoke from God who were born along, moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit. And uh, so anyway, we went back home and we searched out the Mirror Bible. Do you think there might be some translations that have blasphemed the truth? Do you think? And I didn't want anybody going home and reading the Mirror Bible. And I'm not endorsing it. I'm unendorsing it today. Because we found that what it really is, is just the opposite. How many of you know there's a different gospel? And a different Jesus. And you got to know the right Jesus. And you got to know the right gospel. You know, there's a revelation. You know, whenever someone comes up and they say, I have the latest and the greatest revelation. Or the only revelation. You know what you should tell them? You tell them, no, wait. The revelation has already come, but the revelation is going to become even more known because that's what we're waiting for. The revelation is of Jesus. It's the unfolding, the revealing, the revelation of Him. We don't need any new truth. Jesus is the truth. He's the way. He's the life. And you know, who was it? John the Baptist. He said, He must increase. But I must decrease. How many of you know that? So Jesus must increase. The revelation is of him. It's not about man. Never going to be about man and his returning to his original state of perfection. There is no original state of perfection. We all need the blood of Jesus. But anyway, what are you talking about up there? That's what some of you are saying. So I went home and I did like the Bereans. In the Mirror Bible, for example, here's sin. Is what it says about sin. And I quote, Sin is not what you do or don't do, but is missing out on your sonship. He knows. Wait, wait. Now here's a scripture that conflicts. Now listen, think, let's think about that. Sin is not what you do or don't do. But it's just missing out on that you're a son of God. Uh, wrong. He that knows to do good and does not, to him it is sin, right? So that right there should sound the alarm. So it looked like in the Mirror Bible there was a redefining of sin. And the definition of sin now, according to the Mirror, is that you're not coming in to know and believe who you are in your original design. Then secondly, I found that it was a deification of man. Man just needs to believe that he's already been perfected. And you need to know your identity. Now, that word identity is a real catch word in this hour. I'm not saying you don't need to know who you are in Jesus. You should know who you are in Jesus. But more than that, you should know who Jesus is inside of you. It ain't your identity that he's wanting to make known. 
If I remember right, that could be blown out of the saddles pretty quick. Paul said, it's no longer I that live. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave, who loves me and gave his life for me. It's not about any of this redefining deification, original design. You know Spurgeon, you ever heard of Spurgeon? He said it's not what's wrong that will mostly deceive us, it's what's almost right. Now here's how John 3.16 is interpreted, and I'm going to get to the Word, you guys with me. You might need this, because you might, somebody might give you a mirror Bible for Christmas. Take it, and there's a, you know, if you have a burning pile, I'm just telling you. Now listen to this. Some of you, I know some of you are saying you're taking it too far. No, listen to John 3.16. All right, let's quote it together first. For God so loved the world. Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now listen to the mirror. Now the first part, it's just, it's okay. The entire cosmos is the object of God's affection. Okay, I'm good with that. That's the way you see it, no problem. And he is not about to abandon his creation. That sounds fine. The gift of his son is for mankind to realize their origin in him. No, wait a minute. That's not what John 3.16 says. You must realize your origin in him. No, it says you must believe that he is the son of God. And it goes on. He said, the gift of his son is for mankind to realize their origin in him, who mirrors their authentic birth. What? Who mirrors your authentic birth. What do you mean? Let me go on. Begotten, not of flesh, but of the Father. Wait a minute. I'm not begotten. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. Right? You know it sounds very confusing. And I think it go, here's what it goes on. In this persuasion, the life of the ages echoes within every individual and announces that the days of regret and sense of lostnessness are over. That's just John 3.16. In other words, your sin is you don't believe that you were originally made perfect. Now remember, we said the two great deceptions, you remember what we said, number one was that people were, no, the devil was pushing that you can be God-like. Remember? That's from the garden. God-like. You remember the devil? He said, I will be like the most high God. Remember? And Satan said, if you eat of that tree, you're going to be like, he knows you're going to be like him. Well, that's error. He never called us to be that degree. And then the second deception was God, was Godless, and that's what we're seeing today. So anyway, the mirror Bible is basically no sin, no repentance, no judgment. Just discover your identity, and you'll be all right. No, you won't be. The truth is, you must be born again. You don't have some authentic birth. You weren't born perfect. You were born in sin, according to God's Word. You know what uh, Jude tells us? 
It tells us you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. And I'm going to contend for it, and you better too. So anyway, I can't unpackage the whole thing. If you want to know more, we found on YouTube this man that went verse by verse. I've just shared with you a little bit. This man, he's from South Africa. He was brought up in a Christian home, then he departed and went into the New Age, Then he went back, I guess, and he brought the New Age with him back, and he wrote this Bible, the latest and greatest revelation, Hmm? and only revelation. Well, I can't unpackage it all. If you want to know more, see Shirley, and she'll, she'll explain it all. All I know is, I'm all... I'm all into the various translations. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not hung up. You know, there's some folks, I remember, they were King James only. And if you preached out of any other version, you were a hairy tick. Really, in their eyes, a hairy tick. And uh, I thought, well, God, I guess I'm a hairy tick. And uh, so I'm not into, that's not where we are. It's the way of the truth in the scripture. You understand that, right? Everybody with me. I know why Ephesians says it's shameful to even speak of some things, but all things are made manifest by the light. So you're to be the light of the world. You have to shine light on darkness. What if somebody had read, they went home and bought the mirror Bible, and it led them away into the new age, God-likeness, I am God. That's where it eventually goes. No, you ain't God. There's only one God. The way you view biblical, here's how I'm going to end this part, then I'm going to get to the word. How do you know error from truth? Their view of God. Number two, the view of man. Man is not some authentically, originally, perfectly, no. He's born in sin, separated from God, and needs the blood of Jesus, right? It's the cross. This is a crossless gospel. The view of sin, look at the view. How do you view sin? You don't believe that you were originally born perfect. No, that's not what sin. The view of Jesus, that Jesus is the only begotten son. I will never be the only begotten son. I am a son of God, just like you. But there's only one only begotten son, Jesus. And then the view of the answer. And the answer is Jesus. Okay, enough's enough. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Thank you for letting me do that. And I want you to know, the ones that quoted from the mirror, they didn't know this either. They did not know this. This was not set up. This was, we just don't know. And so we have to, somebody has to stand up and proclaim the truth, be the light. And so the people that read from the mirror probably won't ever read from the mirror anymore. But anyway... Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Now, this is what I want to talk about this morning. Because this has been a very special week. Really, in light of all that God did last weekend. But then some other things that happened in my own life. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, or that word means what? Carefully. Walk carefully. Not as fools but is wise. 
I have some good advice. I, in fact, I have a word from the Lord this morning. Don't be a fool. You don't walk as a fool. You remember Psalm 14? It says that God is with the generation of the righteous. And right before that, it says that there will be those who will say there is no God. And that's the fool. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So I have a word for you, and that is don't be a fool. But look over, let's read more. There's a reason not to walk, you know, and as a fool, but walk as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. How many of you would agree that's a true statement? Of course it's true. These days, they are much, it's seeming to me, much more evil than when I was a little boy. I mean, how many of you found? There seems to be more deception, rampant. Every nation of the earth is on this deceptive path. And men are evil. What's new? The heart is wicked. Obviously, man wasn't born perfect because you see so many examples. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation or debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, last Sunday when I got up and I mentioned, you know, my... My spiritual father, Jack Taylor, I mentioned him, that he was one of my fathers. I had no idea that he died just a couple hours before I made that statement. And I got word that afternoon that Jack went to his eternal home, 87. And I wanted just to go over a little history with you just to catch you up. And then I'm, I, was, I believe I'm to preach out of Ephesians chapter 5, the very scripture that Jack used that changed my life. Because God used Jack to introduce me to the person and the power and the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Changed everything. Redirected my course. To be honest, it caused some to want to kick me out. And some did kick me out. But it directed me, and I'm forever changed, everything. Now, my introduction to, we called him Papa Jack. Now, I wasn't his only son. He had 200 sons. And uh, Randy Clark is one of them. You know, I think Bill Johnson is one, but there are many. Leif Hedlund and uh, many, but I'm, I'm just one of many. But when I was a younger preacher, I was hungry, and I, someone gave me a, a cassette tape, and I've shared with you on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I prayed in response to that message, and everything changed. But he was one of the leaders in what was called the fullness movement. And uh, because there had been, or there was going to be, maybe this happened after, but Paul Cain prophesied that one million Southern Baptists would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you look into one of them. How many of you were Southern Baptists filled with the Holy Spirit? Some of you. Wherever denomination you came out of, I think we all got in on it. And uh, so they had this fullness movement, and they produced what was called the Fullness Magazine. Now, Jack's church in San Antonio had a great move of the Holy Spirit. And it's because of a woman by the name of Bertha Smith. 
And she was a missionary that came from China. And in China, they saw a great move of God. And Bertha Smith was used as a part of that great revival. And so she went to Jack's church and she preached on how the Spirit filled my life. And she also wrote a book about that. And this caused an uproar in that church. And revival broke out in, and I think it was in San Antonio. And then later on years, I'm going to skip some years, Jack was a regular speaker at the James Robinson Bible Conferences that I've told you that I would drive from Louisiana to Fort Worth or Dallas and uh, because I was hungry for God's Word. And uh, the Lord would meet me every time. Uh, Jack is the one that preached, I'll never forget, one of his most famous messages. He preached on the subject of dung. D-U-N-G. If you don't know what dung is, it's like when you're in the pasture. You know, you'll see a little... You want, it's something you want to avoid. You don't want to step in the dung. And, uh, but anyway, I remember... And the passage of Scripture that he uses where Paul, you know, he said he counted all things as rubbish. Or one version, he counted all things as dung for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And he was pursued. It's about pursuing his lordship. Uh, Jack was one of the men, he said this, I know he said this. I remember sitting in Dallas, Texas up in the stands and Jack was sharing part of his testimony. And he looked up and he said, God... I want you to know with friends like you, who needs enemies? And I remember as a young man, I first thought, now why would you say something like that? And then I realized, no, there's a lot of wisdom in what he said. Because you understand those whom God loves, he does what? He disciplines. He scourges. How many of you enjoy scourging? I've never enjoyed it. I wouldn't enjoy it. But he loves those whom he disciplines. And then later on, you know, Jack was all about the kingdom of God. He was a kingdom man. And when he preached here twice, he had a shirt and it was, he had on it, kingdom man. And I remember, now I don't know that Jack said this. And this is where I'm going to get to in a moment. But, but he was one of those. He was famous for saying, if you have all the word and none of the spirit, you dry up. How many of you remember that saying? If you have all the Spirit and none of the Word, what happens? You blow up. You just, you go in off all directions. You'll read the mirror Bible and believe it. You know, it's just, you go in every direction. So you need the Word, be grounded in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And this was all about Jack Taylor because the Holy Spirit leads you into all what? truth and the word is truth Jesus is the truth he's the word and faith listen remember this faith does not come by someone's stories doesn't come by even someone's great prophecy it comes by hearing the word of God your if your faith is in somebody's story your faith will last as long as the emotion of that story lasts in your mind. And, uh, but the Word of God in, is that which is forever. Well, anyway, all the years passed by, and then Alan Smith invited me to New Life. You know, he has this, he lives out on a farm, and uh, he has a porch, and people go to his porch, and they have 
church on the porch of Alan Smith all the time. So anyway, they invited me. Jack Taylor was there. And I told Jack, I said, Jack, you're the man. You're the man. I'd never met him in person. Or maybe, you know, I might have walked up and shaked his hand. I, I can't remember back in those days. But I said, Jack, you're the man that introduced me to the Holy Spirit. It changed my life, changed my ministry. And he looked at me and he says, do you have a father? And I said, what? I, had I lost my father? I did. My father was gone. And I well, no, not really. And at that moment, he became my father. I became one of his sons, and I attended many of the sons' gatherings. And I just wanted to publicly say, I am so grateful for Jack Taylor. Thank God for men that preach the word, but allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. Somebody once told me, the Holy Spirit thinks he's God. And he is. Let him be God. Jesus the Son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And anyway, I've never been the same. There are three great moments in my life. And then I'm going to get to the scripture. Number one, when I was nine years old, and I knelt down beside that pine tree in western Louisiana, and I said, Jesus, Son of God, come into my life. How many of you remember the moment? That was a great moment. I remember it to this day. Looking up into the heavens. Jesus, all I knew as a nine-year-old boy, I'm a sinner. They said I was, and besides, I know I am. Come into my heart. And then the second time is about nine years later. And I shared how that, what, an hour and a half from here over in Black Mountain, you know, after the service, I went out into the woods in, at Ridgecrest and knelt down, brought my Bible, opened it up, knelt. Uh, and um, knelt down and said, God, I believe your word, and I'm going to preach your word. And I surrendered to preach. And then the third time was when Jack Taylor, when they gave me that cassette tape uh, that messed everything up on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It didn't mess it up, really. It just changed everything about me. I had the Holy Spirit, but then the Holy Spirit got me. Now, back to the book of Ephesians. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and they were a people. They were rich, but they were living below the, the spiritual poverty line. They didn't understand who, what they had received in Christ Jesus. They were ignorant of the wealth that they had possessed that was theirs. And you remember last week we shared about George Whitfield and how he was, I guess, barred, locked out, locked down from the Church of England. That didn't lock him out of ministry. He just went out into the fields and began to preach in the fields. And the common people, folks like you and me, showed up at George Whitfield's meetings. And he began to explain to them how they were a royal priesthood. And um, that was the seed that was planted that actually led to the Constitution that all men were created in the sight of God. Now, in the book of Ephesians, Paul is trying to build up the people. He, he focused on many things. Number one, adoption. Number two, acceptance, redemption, forgiveness. I got to preach 
in Pakistan again this past Friday. I made it back in time. No, it was another online, you know, Skype. They set up a screen, and I preached in a crusade. And the first time, about 150 got saved. Friday, 80 more got saved. And it was glorious. But at one particular point, I was just talking about forgiveness. And the crowd erupted in praise, celebration, and applause. They wanted to hear, can I be forgiven of my sin? It's one of the basic, it's who we are. We want to know, does God still forgive sin? And God does. And this is what Paul was trying to impress. And then, you know, the wisdom, inheritance, the seal of the Holy Spirit, grace and citizenship. Basically, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, there are a couple of scriptures that really jump off the page in Ephesians. In chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace, remember, you have been saved through faith. It is about your faith in God. Your faith in God matters. And um, it's by grace, through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But then in Acts chapter, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Say workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Say walk in them. Now, this will lead up to where I'm going, but there, the book of Ephesians tells you how to walk out this life. Look in chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And so we are to have a life, our life before the world is to be a living testimony of what Jesus has done within us, right? We're to be as living epistles. People are to read our book. You may never write a book, but your testimony is the book that many will read. And it's to be a testimony of what God has done in your life. You know, I I want a testimony. I want people to read about the marriage that Shirley and I have. Now, I know you shouldn't boast, because when pride comes in, that gives ground. But I thank God for our marriage, and I'm often bragging on her. She brags on me. And I want people to read that and say, I can have a marriage like that. I can, if, if they can do it, I can do it. If God will bless them, he'll bless my marriage. And anyway, you know, the way you deny or confess the Lord is the way you live your life every day. It's how you live your life. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father. But whoever denies me before men, him I will deny before my Father in heaven. And then secondly, you're to walk in unity. And that's in, um, you know, verse 4, one body, one spirit, one hope of your calling. And I thank God for David Dyer. He's the pastor of Fair Plains Baptist. And we're planning a great community revival. It's going to be in two weeks, and we'll tell it, be telling you more about that. But, you know, it's, there is only one body. Now, there are different expressions. You know, the different uh, flavors. Some folks don't like our flavor. It's okay. You don't have to like my flavor. But you must love my Jesus, because there's only one Jesus. There's one body, one Lord, one faith. 
And anyway, we know we're to walk. And then you're to walk as a new man. Look in chapter 4, verses 17 through verse 20. You can go back and read all that later. But this I say, therefore, and testify that you no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened. If you notice, there are a lot of people today walking around, and you can, it's obvious their minds have been darkened. And they're walking about blindly. And they're being carried about by every, everything that comes under the sun. But you're to walk as a new creation, verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in righteousness. And then in the verse or chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in what? Walk in love. He defines the kind of love we're to walk in. How is it defined? As Christ also loved us and gave his life for us. So we are to love others just like he loved us in giving ourselves for them. Regardless, I believe that we're going to have the opportunity in the coming days to literally obey this. To be willing to give up our lives for the sake of of others coming to Christ. That's a great, that would be a great testimony. How many of you know that's true? That if you, if you lose your life, you'll end up gaining it. So what? If you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it anyway. And so we're to count ourselves as even dead, but alive to him. And we'll talk more about that. I think it's going to be part of our testimony. Then you're to walk in the light. Chapter 5, verse 8, and then verse 11 through Verse 13, walk in the light. Is he in the light? Look at that in verse 8. For now you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Remember Jesus said, He that he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have what? The light of life. And then you're to walk carefully. I cannot tell you how important this scripture is. Walk circumspectly. Walk carefully in this hour. We are entering into a time because of what's happening. I personally believe we've been, been under attack. There's been one bioweapon, and now the second bioweapon is being distributed. And it's being distributed in a very deceitful, ungodly and if I had my way, you know, and I know God will eventually have his way. Because anyway, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you're not going to be able to go everywhere you've, you've gone just because you like going there. You're going to have to hear the Holy Spirit. Because the second bioweapon is, and we'll talk about more of that. But it's being distributed even as I speak all over the earth. And you're going to have to hear the Holy Spirit. Every step, every place you go. I remember they used to tell us that. When we were new, you know, after the Holy Spirit came, then God began to introduce us to the prophetic ministry. And the prophetic is basically hearing God's voice. That's what it is, hearing God and then obeying, speaking what God is, is speaking. But they used to tell us there will be a day that you're going to have to hear the Holy Spirit 
even if you go into a certain store, don't go unless the Holy Spirit tells you. And I remember thinking, wow, that would be amazing. I mean, you talk about hearing God. Don't even go in J.C. Penney's. Don't go in Walmart, which I don't go in Walmart much anymore, I say right now. Because they are part of the, anyway, I'm not going there today. I'm going to stick to the subject. <laughs> anyway, but who was it that founded Walmart? Sam, Sam Walton would roll over in his grave. I think he was a godly man is what I remember, Sam Walton. And then you've got to walk in wisdom, even in your words. Be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. But the wisdom that he's speaking about is in verse 18, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is debauchery or dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Got it? Now, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the being filled with the Holy Spirit, they're both in the Scripture. Sometimes they're used interchangeably. But here's some things that I believe that that I've discovered out of the Word, and I'm going to pray for whoever wants to be a part of this prayer. But number one, it's a definite experience. Say a definite experience. He's speaking to believers. Be filled with the Spirit. But wait a minute. These are believers in the church of Ephesus. Yes, but remember over in Acts chapter 19, you remember when Paul showed up? He said, and it happened while Apollos, this is Acts 19.1, was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper region, and finding some disciples, say some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And you remember how they responded? They said, we hadn't even heard as to whether there was a Holy Spirit. And where I went to seminary, that was literally, probably, you could say that was pretty much the testimony. I hadn't even heard whether there was a Holy Spirit. I remember there was one student that obviously had what the Scripture's talking about. Because he would walk up and down the train track praying in this funny language. And it was funny to me. It was funny to everybody. And I don't even know if he lasted. Because he stopped. All of a sudden, he disappeared. He wasn't raptured. He was something else. But anyway, it's a definite experience. And then secondly, the infilling of the Spirit is a promise given to every believer. How do you know that? Acts chapter 2 verse 39, in referring to the gift of the Holy Spirit, he said, this promise is salvation and the gift of the Spirit is to you and to your children, which we believe salvation is a gift to our children and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we receive from our fathers and our mothers. And then thirdly, it's the will of God. Say it's the will of God. How do you know? Because it says that in the Scripture. Understand what the will of the Lord is for you to be filled with the Spirit. And I tell you, the church in America needs a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Fresh release, outpouring, baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to make it in this day without the Holy Spirit. 
Now you have the Holy Spirit in you, so stick with me. I'm not finished yet. Number four, the fullness of the Spirit is a command. Be filled with the Spirit. Sounds like a command to me. Doesn't sound like a suggestion. It's like, now I've told you all my grandpa's stories. I may have told you this, but when Adeline wants me to sit down, she'll say, Pop, sit. Literally, she'll go over to a chair. Pop, sit. She's not suggesting. She's not asking. Pop, sit. You know what I do? I sit. Even for just a little while. Because I got to go, but I'm sitting for a while. And then I'll get up, but it's a command. And then also includes both our possessing the Spirit, but the Spirit possessing us. This is what I've learned. And it's one thing to get a hold of the Holy Spirit. It's another thing for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of you. That's what happened to you, I think, Friday night. He just got a hold of you. Messed you up. You're never the same. Wine. Now don't... How many of you have ever been drunk? Just confess your sin. When I was in college, I got drunk. I mean, we did stupid stuff. Some of you didn't raise your hand. I bet you. Some you know. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us were heathen before Jesus came along. Most of us were heathen. And anyway, when the you know the wine gets a hold of you, you do strange things. Now I'm not saying we're to be. We don't need more strange. But we need to be more out of our own control and to the control of the Holy Spirit. That's what I mean. And then it changes our appetite for the world. Look in verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And so there's that parallel of the world influencing you, the wine of the world. But now you're influenced by the the wine, the intoxication of the Holy Spirit. And then it changes your attitude and your conversation in verse 19 and verse 20. Speaking to one another. If there's anything the Holy Spirit will do in, when you're filled with the Spirit, is all of a sudden you'll have a greater love for one another. Greater acceptance. You don't have to be right. You just want to be right with God. You know, the, the thing is not that we're right, or they're right, or she's right, or he's right. It's He's right. He's the one. He's the right. And we want to follow Him. And then being filled with the Spirit opens the door to our receiving the gifts of the Spirit. And we could really go into great detail about this, but they were all filled with the Spirit. There are many places in the Scripture. One, and sometimes, remember, they spoke the Word of God with boldness. At other times, the Spirit came upon them, and they spoke... Even in other languages, there was a manifestation of the gifts. Paul laid hands and they spoke with tongues and they began to prophesy. Now, not all the gifts happen immediately. That's what I found in my life. Everything didn't unfold that moment I got up from beside the couch that day. But over time, God began to show me and He began to add to me. How many of you found that to be the case with you? There was an adding and an understanding. But we're going to need to pray in the Spirit in this hour. I've prayed more this week in the Spirit than I have maybe in my entire life. 
But I remember Pastor Moses. Some of you don't remember him. He's from Vietnam. His name is not Moses. It's something else. How many of you remember? We're here back in, oh, Shirley's. You, where you guys been? We have a brand new church. You remember. I don't know if you remember. But Pastor Moses came from Vietnam. And he told us his testimony. Now, we support. We're going to send an offering this week to Pastor Moses. We support missionaries and pastors in Philippines and, you know, Africa and, I don't know, India and Pakistan and Dominican and Haiti. The tithe. We send the tithe. We send to all these nations. But anyway, they need help in Vietnam. But I remember Moses telling us how when he was a little boy, his house was bombed. You know, the communists bombed his home. His dad, I think he said, his dad died in the bombing. And if he didn't die in the bombing, he, he died after it. But Pastor Moses was thrown into a concentration camp by the communist. I mean, if you know communists do stuff like that. All through history. The communists, they can't win in a debate. What they do is they first try to silence you. And if they can't silence you, then they permanently silence you by putting you off somewhere where you can never be heard. So anyway, Moses is in a concentration camp being tortured by the communists. That's what communists do too. And he said the way he survived is he prayed in the Spirit all the time. He just prayed in the Spirit. And he said God would give him a supernatural strength and the ability. He said he would not have survived the torture had he not prayed in the Spirit. Now, I'm just telling you, you need that gift activated. For many reasons. You pray, you pray in the will of God and... and, um, I remember my pastor in Waco, he said that's how he would get his messages. He would pray in the Spirit, and he would ask the Holy Spirit then to give him the interpretation. And that's what he would preach. I thought, now that's pretty cool. That's why I've been praying. Lord, obviously I don't have words that are going to be able to fulfill all that you want to do in this hour. So we're going to have to have, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. But I'm telling you, you're going to need that gift in this hour. So if you don't have it, you can have it today. And then the fullness of the Spirit is to be continual. They're fresh in fillings. The Holy Spirit comes upon us, or He comes within us at salvation. Say, within me. And then He comes upon us. And then He works through us. But we need continually to be filled with the Spirit. How many of you found that you leak? We're leaky vessels. I'm not talking about leaking salvation, but I'm talking about leaking. That's why you have to keep going back. God, today I need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. You know, some people say there's one baptism, many infillings. There are many ways to look at this. But I, we need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so it's to be continual. And that's what God wants to do today. Now here's how we'll close. Look over in Luke chapter 3. How many of you are encouraged in any way? You're encouraged. Some of you are. Some of you are wondering. We're going to have to encourage each other in this day and time. 
I wish, like you, everything would go back to normal. And there are many people that right now in America believe things are going back to normal. I wish it was so. I really wish it. How many of you wish it was so? There's no normal. The normal is walking the spirit-filled life regardless of what's going on around you. It's knowing Jesus regardless of who's sitting in the White House. And I'm all for anyone other than, but anyway, I won't go there. I'm just telling you, none of that matters. What really matters is who's sitting on the throne of your heart. You know, I could have gone more into earlier. I just think this is really more serious than we know. It's a lot later than we think. You know, the Antichrist will come and sit on the throne of the temple declaring that he himself is God. Self, I, the big letter I. It is a manifestation of the Antichrist, the opposite of Jesus. That's what I think the mirror Bible is all about. Because when I read in there, it's all about I. My identity, my authentic birth, my, nothing hardly about Jesus. I wonder, Milton Green once said this in Texas at one of those James Robinson Bible conferences. He said, many people waiting for the Antichrist to come sit in the temple. He's already there sitting in the temples all the day long in this temple right here. Now I know there's a much more, and Steve will have to fill in the gap. He wrote a book on Revelation. I only know a little bit. How many know we only know dimly? Just, we only see just a part. But anyway, this is a good way to end. Well, maybe. I don't know about that, but this is a good way to end. So look at Luke chapter 3. Jesus, when all the people were baptized, verse 21 It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and while he prayed, the heaven was open. They tell us the heavens are open over Moravian Falls. Even if they told me they were closed, I would still believe the heavens were open over me. I'm just telling you, I'd believe it. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came, upon, came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. And so he's, all this stuff happens. Look over and... Well, anyway, his ministry began. How many of you know? Say, his ministry began. Verse 23 on. Now chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus... Being filled with the Holy Spirit, what did he do? Here's how his ministry began. He returned from the Jordan and was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. How many of you found that to be part of your testimony? You asked for the Holy Spirit. You asked for the infilling, and God sent you to the wilderness. Well, but it doesn't end there. There's the end of the wilderness. Verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. 
And all of a sudden news of him went through all the surrounding region. Verse 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. He just read the law, the word. He read. And it was handed him the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And that's when he began to proclaim, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Everyone was looking at him, and he said, This day, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I want to pray this morning for Anyone that has never had an experience where you literally ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, we want to pray for all of those that though you've been filled, you need a fresh infilling. Does that make sense? So what do you do? You must, number one, you must believe in Jesus. Obviously, remember, they first believed in the Lord. And they first were baptized in Jesus. And uh, so, but then secondly, you should repent, I believe, of any known sin. I remember that day kneeling down. And I believe that was in what Jack preached on that day. And I just said, holy God, any sin, any known sin or unknown sin. How many of you know there are sins of omission and sins of commission? Some things you knew you did, some things you have no idea. So the Holy Spirit has to convict you. So I just said... Any known, unknown sin, forgive me. Does that make sense? And then you ask by faith, you receive by faith, and God will do it. I think it's simple. Simple. He said, be filled with the Spirit. So it's obeying what God has commanded. So we're going to pray that prayer. But first of all, if you don't know Jesus in this room or you're watching, this is the day of salvation. I want to pray quickly, and then we're going to pray this prayer so you can be a part of it. But if you don't know Jesus, you're not certain that you've been saved, just uh, say, Dear God, dear God, I need you. And I believe you sent your son, Jesus, and that he died and that he rose from the dead. And say, I confess that I've sinned, I've failed, I've fallen. And I ask you to forgive me. And I put my trust in the shed blood of Jesus. And I confess you as my Lord. I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess him as the Lord of my life. And I receive him by faith. Now if you prayed that prayer, get in touch with us. Because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, so here's the second part. So I'm going back to when I was that day. And I'd not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. But that day I heard. And you heard. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And if you say, man, I need a fresh. No. First, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to stand and just come find a place somewhere around the altar. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the infilling. I need the gifts to be activated in my life. 
I need the Holy Spirit. Secondly, if you say, I need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. So that's two groups of people. So you come, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to go to the house. Anybody need a fresh infilling? Yeah, oh, everybody come around the altar. Does that, did I not make that plain? Go ahead and put in some music, Jonathan. And we're going to pray. How many of you believe God will honor this word? Now, how many of this is the first time you ever prayed something like this? Probably not, but is there someone? You never, okay, everybody's prayed something like this. But online, there'll be someone that never has. So you just, at your house, just stand up by your computer. You know, if you're driving, don't stand, pull over. You may want to pull over. That might be, that might be a good idea. But we've got to stir this up. Because you need to be doing what I did this week. I, I'm just telling you this. I am not bragging. I'm not saying I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you it's by the Spirit. Because my flesh is weak. Anybody else found that your flesh is weak? There are things I want to do, but the things I want to do, sometimes I don't do. You, you ever been there? It's all in the Bible. The things you do, you, it's by the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, the energy and the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so, anyway, Lord, we just come right now. Let's just worship, let's focus on Him. I don't know if you understand, some of you do. This really is part of training the end time army. This is part of the message that you have to know to walk out your inheritance in this hour. And so, Lord, we just, I thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that we know Jesus, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And yet even Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then He went about doing good through the process of time. And He said, it is anointed. I am anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty, and all these things, Lord. So, Lord, I pray for anyone right now watching, anyone in this room that's never prayed to be filled with the Spirit, would you just say that to him? Say, dear God, I believe in you. I believe your word. And now in obedience to your command in Ephesians, I ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I repent of any known sin. I thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. Thank you for this promise that is for me and my children. So by faith, I receive the Holy Spirit. This is for all of us. Just, Lord, we pray now fresh infilling. Just say, Lord, I need a fresh infilling. And I receive now by faith. 
And Lord, I pray now over everyone in this room, I ask for the stirring up of every gift that comes. The Spirit stirs these gifts. And I pray for the activation of all the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit. And not of men, they're of the Spirit and their gifts. It's all part of whom is the greatest gift, Jesus. The gift of salvation and the Holy Spirit, which is to us and to our children. And I pray for this, Lord. And we thank you by faith. By faith. And Lord, I pray wherever people are watching, that the Spirit of God would fall fresh all over in America. Lord, we ask you to interrupt the plans of man and the plans of Satan and let the church one more time break out in this nation with an awakening, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing on Appalachian State's campus. Thank you for those home churches. Thank you for this testimony of what the Spirit of God is doing on a college campus. We give you all the praise. And Lord, we know that many revivals begin with the poor and with young people. But we don't want to be left out, so we're just right here saying, here we are, send us too, Lord. And I thank you. I thank you. This is, this is a really holy moment. He's in our midst, so we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Holy Ghost! Yes. Jesus. Oh. Jesus. Now you know, if God would answer my prayer that day, then He is answering your prayer this day. Yes. Regardless of what we see, it is done in obedience to His Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Yeah. You have a word? Go ahead. I just want to encourage you. The Word says that blessed are those who see even more blessed, this is my paraphrase, I can't say it quite right, but blessed are those who believe and yet do not see. This is not a fleshly experience that you're having with the Holy Spirit. You may have some things and that is good, but that's not the important thing. Being filled with the Holy Spirit revolutionizes your lives and many of you understand this quite well but we're not to leave this building the same today amen okay receive it by faith small as a mustard seed but it's the difference between believing and not believing amen. so believe 
choose just as you believed when you were saved and it became reality, receiving the Holy Spirit, thank you, God, is the same way, yes. by faith. Yep. That makes it real. Yes.